This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Remembrance is important. We hope to continue to uh, stoke that emotion, certainly on this date annually, the importance of which uh, I wanted to understand, and uh, it's beyond my pay grade, so we've gone to a Ph.D. and the associate professor in the Department of Psychology at the University of Massachusetts, Lowell, Doreen Arcus, has joined us on the line. Doreen, good afternoon, and welcome to The Oakley Show in Toronto. Good afternoon. Thank you. All right. Uh, You know, the idea that we remember on this date, uh, the significance of remembering, what can you tell us psychologically why that's important to do? Well, um, you know... when we talk about people um, doing service in the military, people going off to war, um, we always use the word sacrifice. And there is no sacrifice unless there's loss. And, you know, having dealing with loss is really um, a lifelong issue. You know, whether you have lost friends on the battlefield or whether you've lost years of your youth or whether you've lost innocence or whether families have lost um, loved ones or had people come back different than they went. Um, you know, when we have these kinds of losses, um, it's, it's really important to, to move forward in our lives, but the loss doesn't go away. And, um, you know, in the, case of, in the case of the death of a loved one, we have an anniversary, right? We have the the day that they died every year, and we may stop and pause and think about them and, um, you know, and carry on with our lives. But in the case of people who have come back from war, we don't have that day. We don't have that anniversary. And so having a chance to have this National Day of Remembrance and Commemoration and, and, and honoring the sacrifice and yet at the same time people remembering what they've lost in that sacrifice, I think, is a very um, important thing for people who've experienced it. It sounds to me like it's a two-part equation. Those uh, who went to uh, war and did come back, and so we recognize that and commemorate, but those who didn't come back, uh, we grieve the loss, especially if it's something in the immediate with family. Uh, Is it important to do, or I mean, in some cases, people might want to move on, as you say, sublimate their grief or sense of loss. Uh, Would that be ill-advised? You know, I think that's a really interesting point, um, and and um, it, you know, think about just about everything that we that we uh, recognize or honor or even celebrate. We all do it in different ways, right? Um, it's sort of on the opposite end of the pole. Some people love celebrating their birthday, and other people want to have it quieter and a little more subtle, and don't need to be reminded about another passing year. Mm-hmm. And and I think. Um, we need to have a very inclusive view of what it means to participate in a day like today. Um, for some people, it will be, uh, you know, participating in parades or uh, doing something to really honor uh, their own service or the service of somebody else. And for other people, it'll be a time um, to be quiet and to be alone uh, with their thoughts and, um, and, and to do that privately. Well, yeah, and yet uh, I've noticed that the cenotaphs today, you know, and watching some coverage where obviously it stirred emotions with those who maybe rekindled memories from 70, 75 years ago, and even younger people uh, who may not have experienced it firsthand, but there was a, a sense of the magnitude of the sacrifice and so on and so forth. Healthy to do, like uh, it's almost cathartic, 
And then, you know, if I may, by way of contrast, I remember when uh, Princess Diana died. Uh, that grief went on for a long, long time, and some were even labeling that grief porn like it, it was excessive. Where do we draw the line on something like that? Well, again, it's really such an individual um, individual reaction, right? Um, people will go through grieving at different um, at different rates and in different ways, um, you know, depending on what the loss is about, whether it's having seen somebody, um, you know, killed in front of you or tortured in front of you, dying a very agonizing death, that can result in a traumatic kind of grief that where somebody focuses mostly on the way that someone died rather than on being able to remember the life that they shared with them. Um, and and what we try to do in grief ultimately is, you know, to accept the, the reality of the loss and to allow ourselves to experience the pain of the loss. But we also want to adjust to our new life without without what we lost and, and reinvest in a new reality. And, um, and, and remembering doesn't mean that you're not moving forward. It doesn't mean you're not re- reinvesting in a new reality, but it's remembering a part of your life. And what happens in the uh, event that, let's say, because, you know, the World War II veterans are now nonagenarians. They're in their 90s for the most part. Uh, we know that the World War I vets are no longer with us, but the time was we'd see them at the Cenotaph too. Even 20, you know, 30 years back, it was a fairly good contingent. If, let's say, uh, there are no more foreign wars that uh, we can remember, it's going to be hoove other generations to keep the flame burning. Uh, do you think that's going to happen? Well, I don't have a crystal ball, but I would tend to think it would because, you know, history doesn't necessarily die when it's not right in our face. Um, we have we have fathers and grandfathers. Um, people have passed down their stories. And I think that, um, you know, we all tend to be aware of the fact that we enjoy the freedoms we do because other people made sacrifices for us, whether that was yesterday or 60 years ago. I hope that's the case. I think that's really at the root of it all. I do, too. We agree. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.